Hello, everybody, and welcome to Justify Your Existence, the Daily Journal's podcast about Mississippi State, Ole Miss, the SEC, and beyond. I am Michael Katz, and I cover Ole Miss for the Daily Journal. And I'm here, as always, with commercial dispatch sports editor, Theo Rosa, who also covers Mississippi State for the Dispatch and the Daily Journal. He's currently um, in the past right now because he is still, I believe, on West Coast time. Uh, because he is in Tucson, so so tell me, Theo, how is how is the dry heat doing for you? It's going well. I kind of prefer it to the excessive humidity, although I think that might be lessening out uh, back in Mississippi. Sounds like you guys are having some pretty good weather right now, but can't complain about the weather out here in Tucson here till tomorrow after Mississippi State's win over Arizona. It's been a pretty fun weekend. How's the things going up in Oxford? It's like you said, it is, uh, it's, it's in the seventies right now. It, I walked outside and I, I, my, my glasses, my uh, sunglasses did fog up. That's, that's the sign that it's going to be a really good day. Um, so I'm, I'm, I'm going to enjoy it while I can, cause I know it's probably not going to last though. We are getting to the time of year where it is going to be pretty nice here soon enough, but, uh, you know, just, just taking it, uh, taking it all in and enjoying it. But, uh, so, so how, how is your, uh, PAC 12 after dark experience? We, we laugh about PAC 12 after dark, um, because weird things happen. We did see Jaden Delara have one of the most bizarre plays I think I've ever seen where he must've run about 70 yards and got picked off. Uh, but this was not really a particularly, uh, interesting game in terms of it, it kind of went how we thought it would kind of, kind of take me through, uh, Mississippi State's performance out in Tucson. Yeah, it really did go about as expected. I predicted a 42 to 24 score line. Mississippi State won 39-17, so not terribly far off. It looked a little closer. It looked a little touch and go at the beginning. Kind of a crazy first five or ten minutes with uh, Arizona scoring on the opening drive, Mississippi State scoring again, and uh, twice, in fact, to take the lead. But MSU led, I think, from there on out. So, again, the Bulldogs were considerably the better team in this one not as big a total yardage disparity as they tend to have but they dominated time of possession I think they're second nationally in that stat not sure how much it means but they do tend to have the ball a lot their defense was solid they had three interceptions like you mentioned of Delora including that crazy one that uh, went on for about 15 seconds Delora got called for like a blindside block on the return just really great stuff and uh, yeah it was a Pac-12 after dark game I think it got done around 11.45, 11.50 local time and almost 2 a.m. in Mississippi. So I'm sure not everybody stayed up till the end of that one, but I had to. You know, it, it was nice. Uh, I got back from, from, from my game and, and that game was like, I think like the third quarter had like just started. I was like, oh, this is awesome. I got something to, to watch as I eat some pizza that I probably shouldn't be eating at whatever hour of the night it was after I got home from the game. But uh, another nice performance from Will Rogers. Just what has he kind of been doing these first two games? I know we expect him to put up good numbers, but it sounds like, you know, he's passing the eye test right now too. I think so. I think he was more efficient, you know, short yardage this time, had a couple touchdowns to Austin Williams around five yards each, a couple to Caleb ducking that were pretty short touchdowns. Just that efficiency in the red zone is what they need, especially because this is a team that's had trouble in the red zone in the past. He, I don't think he was as spectacular as he might have been in week one where he had, you know, a lot deeper passes, 450 yards. I believe he had something like 313 this time. He had one interception, but it was because Caleb Ducking bobbled the ball and it was picked off. So, again, the both interceptions I wouldn't really put on Will Rogers so far. 
I know that's not always how it works, but those picks have kind of belied the numbers that he has, which have been very impressive. And I think he's executing the offense like Mike Leach needs him to, and no reason to think he won't continue to do that. I know that the, the defense, it was expected to be a strength of this team. Has it kind of lived up to, to what you thought it would be so far? I think it's not quite there, but I think it's not far off. You're seeing the takeaways like you saw on Saturday. Emmanuel Forbes had a pick. Tyrus Wheat was everywhere, deflected a ball that turned into a pick. And Forbes had a PBU that turned into an interception for Jalen Green. So you're seeing different guys make those plays. They almost had a fourth. Forbes got a ball in the end zone, but it was actually like his heel was on uh, on the line. So that didn't count. And then he came out and got a pick later in the game. Um, I think the defense has been pretty solid. They got gashed on one run play early on for a touchdown. But after that, the run defense was pretty solid. They got quite a bit of pressure on Delora. You saw him running around a lot. I don't know if he just likes to do that or how much of it was pressure, but I think a mix of both. Just seeing that defensive effort, though, I think you got to feel fairly confident. State has held these two teams to, I believe, 40 combined points, and they've scored, I believe, 88. Do you feel like you've learned a lot about Mississippi State in the first two games? I know, like, covering Ole Miss in the two games that they've played, I don't know if I know much about Ole Miss, and we'll get to that. Do you feel like you know a lot about State yet, given the opponents? Yeah, I think more than can be learned from games against Troy and Central Arkansas, for sure. I don't think you'll know as much until you play LSU this weekend if you're State, but I think you learn a little bit more against, you know, a group of five team that's been good, a power five team that hasn't been as good, but I still think you kind of realize, and honestly, what I've learned is this team seems pretty solid. I don't see any big holes. I don't see any terrible stretches of play, and they're number nine in ESPN's football power index this week. LSU is number 12, so that's going to be interesting. But, yeah, State, I mean, they look as advertised so far. That experience is there. The offense has taken a step, and the defense has been playing pretty solid. But you mentioned, you know, not being able to learn a bunch about Ole Miss. What do you know through two weeks, except apparently not who the quarterback is? Yeah, that's the one thing uh, no one seems to know uh, at this point. Uh, yeah, yeah, so today uh, we, we thought we might get uh, an answer, and uh, we, we, we did not. Um, it's still going to be kind of uh, they're going to keep doing what they've been doing, which is uh, kind of playing it close to the vest. And uh, you know, Luke Altmeyer got, got the start against Central Arkansas. He had three total touchdowns in the first quarter. He he looked really good. And then he took a, a hit and I think it was his shoulder. Uh, and he, he was not as good after that. And then Jackson Dart came in. And Jackson Dart did what Jackson Dart probably should do against Central Arkansas. He looked really, really good. Uh, and so it's it's one of those things where uh, he, he, they did what they were supposed to do against the team that lost 59 to three. Um, it, it's uh, he, I, here. Here's what I do know about this team. They're going to run the ball really, really well. And I don't think it matters who it's against. And I think it's because they have a veteran offensive line and they've got a really, really good group of running backs. Zach Evans, I think, is going to he's, – he's going to have a lot of yards this year. Um, and then between, you know, Quinshawn Judkins, who's a true freshman who does not look like a true freshman, and Ulysses Bentley, who was an all, you know, AAC pick a couple years ago at SMU – They've just got a lot of different guys they can go to and rotate th throughout a game. Like when you've got your quote unquote third running back in, 
um, and it's a guy of that caliber, I think they're feeling pretty good. So the running game is, is, is going to be good, but you know, outside of that, we don't know what the quarterback situation is completely yet. Um, you know, Lane Kiffin said that Luke Altmeyer, he thinks he's going to be okay. And so, you know, he was out there practicing today, but by, by, uh, by all accounts, which did not add any clarity to anything because, you know, if it was an injury, then you, you, you know, it could solve the, the situation for you, but it does not appear that that is going to be what happens. Uh, and so, you know, they basically said they're going to decide, you know, they'll, they'll make their decision on who goes first later in the week. And you think it matters less who the quarterback is when you have a run game that's that good? Yeah, right now, I think, but you know, it's, you know, Tulsa, Tulsa's not bad. Uh, it's about to get really tough when Kentucky comes to town, though. You you better have it figured out by then. And they also have Chris Rodriguez back that day conveniently. Yeah, yeah fun, funny how that works out, isn't it? Um, but, uh, yeah, that's, you know, Kentucky just did what it did to Florida. That's a really good program with an established quarterback. You know exactly what you're getting. Uh, and Mark Stoops has done an awesome job there. So, uh, you know, you still do have, I guess, a couple of games to figure it out, if you want to call it that. But, um, you know, it's – yeah, it is great to have that running game. You can get away with it against – you know, no disrespect to Georgia Tech. I, they're kind of like Arizona in the sense that, like, yeah, it's a Power 5 team, but they have not been very good in the last couple of years. Um, I think Jeff Collins has won, it's like, three games each of his first – three years or something like that. I think that seat is probably pretty hot there uh, in Atlanta for him, but um, you know, it, it, it is a road game and it is a, it is an ACC school. So, uh, you know, we, weirder things have happened as we saw in college football uh, this week, but you know, I think they could probably get away with either guy and, and do okay. And maybe that against Tulsa as well. Tulsa can put up some points, uh, but man, it, it's about to get, the schedule's about to get a lot harder pretty soon and you, you got to have it figured out. And I, and I, and I think they want to have it figured out, but I, I, for whatever reason, it just hasn't, you know, revealed itself yet. And it's, it's, I, I did not think it was going to take this long. Um, just kind of given what, you know, Lane said about not wanting it to necessarily, you know, in a perfect world go that long. Um, but you know, here we are and you know, headed into the third week and we don't know what the situation is, but we do know the running game is really good. And I think the defense is pretty good, but again, it's hard to put a ton of stock into what you do against Troy and Central Arkansas. Yeah. Now they're going to Georgia Tech. And I think my opinion of Georgia Tech is influenced by watching the John boys pretty good video of them beating Cumberland 222 to nothing in uh, like 1920 something. But is it going to be along those lines, you think, with Ole Miss winning handily, or do you think it might be a kind of closer this week? I think it could be one of those games where, you know, maybe something weird happens, like early, you know, turnover, a big play or something, and, it, you know, maybe, you know, maybe Ole Miss gets behind early, something like that. Um, but I think by the time it's all said and done, this is going to be a – a several touchdown game. I just don't think that Georgia Tech has the horses um, to keep up. And um, yeah, I know it's a road game, but I, I don't think it's one of the rowdier 
you know, uh, stadiums, not, not where the program is right now. I'm sure when Georgia tech was good, you know, with Paul Johnson, they probably had some nice crowds, but uh, I don't think it's probably that way right now. So I don't think that's going to be as big of a deal. Um, but with Mississippi state going to LSU this week and hosting Bowling Green next week, uh, Ole Miss going to Georgia tech and hosting Tulsa. What do you think the chances are that both of these teams are four and heading into that October 1st game? Cause Right now, Mississippi State's odds of Fordo are not too bad. Yeah, I, I I would be stunned if Ole Miss isn't four now. Um, just because again, I know as, as many questions as we have about you know the quarterback thing, I think the rest of the team is is good is by far good enough to take care of business in those other two games. Um, they should beat Georgia Tech pretty handily, and I think they should beat Tulsa fairly handily too uh if if their defense you know does what i i think it can do uh and then yeah then we go to october 1st and uh you get hit in the you get hit in the face pretty hard with that kentucky team Uh, that is gonna be it's gonna be something else and you know i I think maybe it it favors state because at least you know they get i mean they get their first sec game out of the way Right now, they're they're getting that tough. They're getting a tough. I mean, they've had, you know, you can say what you want about Memphis and in, in Arizona, but they're programs that are either in the Power Five or have been fairly good recently. And now you get an LSU team at one of the hardest places to play in the country. Um, I know they're a little hard to figure out, but um, you know, they're they're Mississippi State's going to be pretty battle tested when it comes to the main part of the SEC slate. Yeah, absolutely, and. It's interesting. I think Ole Miss is one of the few SEC teams that are playing all four non-conference games first, and that's going to lead to a disadvantage. I remember Parrish pointing out earlier in the season that Ole Miss's like cupcake week game is Arkansas and Mississippi State is playing East Tennessee State that week. You know, it's interesting to see like if you get all four non-conference games out of the way, yeah, you might be 4-0, but what does that mean down the line when you're playing eight SEC games in a row? Yeah, no, it's it's uh, I remember looking at the schedule and I was like, wow, this is a team that could be five and one or six and oh, or whatever it is. And I have no idea how the last six are going to go because they're coin flip games like at right now. Um, just cause it's, I mean, man, Arkansas looks really, really good. Alabama is Alabama. Uh, Auburn is never easy. LSU is not going to be easy. State's not going to be easy. I mean, it's, it's in in A&M. I know that they, you know, kind of did what, um, you know, they did what they did this past weekend, but college station is not an easy place to play unless you're Appalachian state, apparently. Um, But other than that, it's really hard, I think, for, for people to win there. So it's, it's, it's going to be really, it is going to be a very interesting back half of the slate for sure. Um, I I could totally see Ole Miss being like five and one, six, no. And then the top, 15 and still not knowing anything about this team because the schedule and it's, it's not their fault. Um, it's not the player's fault. Um, but yeah, it, it is a, it is a very interesting schedule to say the least. Assume both of these teams are 4-0 going to October 1st state hosts, Texas A&M, Ole Miss plays Kentucky. The next week state hosts Arkansas. I'm not sure what Ole Miss has, but. Which of those teams do you think loses first in that case if they're both 4-0 going into that October? Uh, well, uh, Ole, Miss has, Ole Miss has Vanderbilt. Okay, well, if they don't lose October 1st, then I guess it might be State because Mississippi State plays AM at home, Arkansas at home, at Kentucky, at Alabama. 
And then they have a well-needed bye after those four games. But that's a tough October schedule. I think if they can pull out two and two, they're going to be really happy. Three and one ecstatic because then you're looking at maybe six, two, seven and one overall. And then you have, you know, Georgia and Ole Miss in November, as well as Auburn and the East Tennessee State. So there are a lot of coin flip games on Mississippi State schedule too. A&M, Arkansas, Kentucky, Auburn, maybe. I think Auburn's, they're probably going to be favored. And then definitely Ole Miss. Georgia and Alabama, a little tougher. Yeah, that's that's tough. To, yeah, that, that's a tough draw because uh, Georgia, uh, I think they only beat poor Sanford by 30, and I think they probably could have won by 70 if they wanted to. Um, and they, you know, uh, they set Oregon football back uh, about a decade in that first in their in their season opener with <laughs> the way that game went for Bo Nix. Um, just kind of just real quick. Uh, did, did you get to watch any of these uh, crazy games this week? I know you had a late start, so you, you, you might have had some time to to catch some of the upsets. It was it was a heck of a week of college football. Oh, don't worry. It was such a great week that I got to watch Missouri, Kansas State on my flight. Uh, yeah, that didn't go great. So I was switching between Alabama and Texas game, which I could actually watch through the uh, through the aisle because the guy in front of me was watching that. Very clutch. Watched the end of the Alabama game. I watched some of the Baylor and BYU game uh, before State started. Not a ton. I, I mean, kind of busy throughout the day and, of course, at night, but able to watch a good amount. And I'm kind of glad that Mississippi State's game in two weeks against Bowling Green is an 11 a.m. kick. They just released that this morning. Believable misses at three against Tulsa. And yeah, State's, you know, first games, 6.30 plus a two-hour lightning delay, uh, 10 o'clock, five o'clock. So a little bit late, maybe that can help. Nathaniel Watson, the redshirt senior linebacker said, you know, hey, Mississippi State might be favored or more because they have this experience playing late, playing on the road. And maybe you'll see that this week at LSU. I think that's fairly close matchup, but I do think Mississippi State is the better team. It's too bad that these both teams aren't both 2-0. LSU really messed that one up in week one. But, yeah, uh, that should be a fun one down in Baton Rouge. And I'm sure Brian Kelly probably wishes it was it was a matchup of 2-0 teams, too, given uh, the way they happened to lose that opener. Uh, what's more surprising to you, that A&M lost to Appalachian State, that Notre Dame lost at home to Marshall, or that Texas almost beat Alabama? I think it might be Texas. Uh, I didn't give Marshall much of a shot, but now that I see them, I mean, they're in the top 25, I think. They're getting votes at least. Um, Appalachian State has always had a pretty solid program. I'm not really that surprised by that one, although I thought AM was a little better than that, but I guess not. I really didn't give Texas much of a chance, but they damn near almost beat Alabama. I mean, they had a really good week, even with Quinn Ewers getting hurt. They almost won that game, and... I don't think it means Texas is back necessarily, but I think it's a good sign. And I think Alabama has a little bit to work on, uh, and it's probably maybe good for them to get that out of the way now while still winning. Yeah, it was one of those – It was you don't see Alabama almost beat itself very often, but I think it was like 15 penalties or something. It was just a very un-Alabama-looking game. It reminded uh, me of the Egg Bowl last year a little bit. I don't know if they had as many – errors and penalties but it, that like back and forth game on the road that they had no business being in that's what it reminded me of and it was like okay well they're they're better than this but they're still gonna have to fight this one out and of course they did yeah no it, it, and then um i will say though when texas's kicker made the go-ahead field goal i looked at the clock i was like 
Texas is absolutely going to lose this in the most heartbreaking fashion because Bryce Young happens to be the other quarterback and Heisman Trophy winner did what the Heisman Trophy winner is supposed to do. And he made, an, I mean, a, I know it's two games, but he made one of the plays of the year most likely when he avoided that sack um, and ended up, uh, you know, getting them to field goal range. And then, you know, I remember Alabama's problem used to be they couldn't, they didn't have a kicker. That was the thing. And now they've got like one of the best pick kickers in the country. It's like it used to be Alabama didn't have quarterbacks. Exactly. I was going to say that. But now they have, you know, back-to-back elite quarterbacks. Basically. Now they have anyone they want, you know, their, their, their quote-unquote bad one was like, I don't even know who the bad one was because they've had Tua, Mac Jones, and now Bryce. Um, I mean, and Jalen Hurts before that. So it's like they've had some pretty good, uh, good ones. And, you know, they used to have like bad kicking and now they have good kicking. So. I'm just really glad that uh, a scrappy underdog like Alabama is doing well. You know, it's just nice to see the underdogs prosper. Definitely. And uh, always fun to see teams like Marshall and App State get those upset wins. And uh, Marshall plays Bowling Green this week. And then Bowling Green might just be 0-3 headed into that Mississippi State game next week. They lost in seven overtimes to Eastern Kentucky on Saturday, if you saw that. I did not see that, but that sounds terrible. Yeah, that's uh, anytime you lose to a directional, uh, a directional school uh, that I forgot existed. I, I honestly, I remember Western. I did know about Northern. I don't know if there is a Southern. Totally forgot about Eastern. I think I only know Eastern because former Mizzou quarterback Matty Mock went to Eastern Kentucky after he flamed out in a cocaine haze at Missouri. We can uh, get to that later. I, but I, Yeah. I remember Matty Mock. He uh, he was one of the best high school quarterbacks ever. And then uh, didn't go as well in college, but he was all right. Yeah, he, he was okay job. until he got in his own way. He lost his job to Drew Locke. <sighs> yeah. Speaking of Drew Locke, we I don't know if he's going to play tonight, but uh, again, the saddest quarterback competition in in in. in it's interesting because it's both quarterbacks that I really enjoyed watching in college because I rooted for West Virginia. I went to Mizzou and now they're facing off for, like you said, one of the saddest quarterback battles in recent memory. It, it's, uh, it is funny how it all comes around. I will say though, uh, in, in another instance of how things always come around, uh, Ole Miss is playing Georgia Tech this week and uh, Lane Kiffin has faced Georgia Tech once in his career. And I remember it because it was the 2012 Sun Bowl where USC went to El Paso and lost to a six and seven, already six and seven, because they got the extra game, Georgia Tech team in one of the saddest New Year's Eves of my life. Was that before it was the Tony the Tiger Sun Bowl? Yes, this was still, uh, this was Hyundai. Oh, yes, of course. This is the Hyundai one, because I got a sweatshirt. I remember that. Hmm. Um, the, The saddest... One of the saddest games. I can't believe that's a New Year's Eve bowl game, but there you are. I know. And so, no, someone was talking and because it, it says, you know, coach's record against a school. And it was like, you know, who's 0-1 against? And like my eyes got so big. I was like, oh, do I? Of course I do. I was there. I was covering for the wonderful Daily Trojan. But uh, on, on that note, as always, thank you guys uh, for listening. A reminder that you can follow our coverage at the journal sports on Twitter, or you can go to the daily journals, Facebook page and find our Ole Miss and Mississippi state Facebook groups. 
Um, and you can always uh, listen to us, uh, follow Justify Your Existence on your favorite podcast platforms or at djournal.com slash podcast. We will be back on Thursday with Parrish leading the charge. I was like, okay, we will be back Thursday. Yes, confirmed. We will be back Thursday with Parrish leading the charge. Thanks for listening, and uh, we'll see you guys then.